Welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we discuss all things partnerships. Brought to you live from Money 2020 here in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Greg Watts, and I'm joined by my co-host and co-founder and CEO of Finder, Jenny James. Please welcome our guest today, Daniel Goldscheider, CEO and founder of Open Wallet Foundation. Daniel, hello and welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming. How are you finding the show? Uh, overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, we, we can relate to that. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Well, maybe let's kick off with some intros. Perhaps you can tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, uh, your background and, and the Open Wallet Foundation. Uh, happy to do so. Uh, my name is Daniel Goldscheider. I have a background in creating startups. I love the, the energy, the excitement of starting something new. Um, I'm also talking about starting something new, a father of three children. <laughs> and um, I sold uh, my last company, Yes.com, at the end of last year. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. I had already started uh, with this idea of bringing different people together to work jointly on creating open source software for digital wallets and um, co-founded this with the Linux Foundation and as I had sold the company and was out of a job, uh, they asked me if I want to run Open Wallet and I was more than happy to do so. So we you know, formally launched this seven months ago and uh, here we are. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the foundation, its objectives, its goals? And, and, and how it's going. So, you know, if, it, if you allow me to take a step back, wallets, mm. I think, are both really important and really messy. Mm. Why is the wallet space important? You know, when you think about it, whether it's uh, your analog wallet or your digital wallet, it's a container for you know, your identity documents, for your bank cards, for your credit cards. You use your digital wallets also for things like, you know, car keys and Fido Pass keys and uh, I had my hotel room key in my, my digital wallet here at uh, uh, Money 2020. Uh, you probably had your COVID information in mm -hmm. a digital wallet. So digital wallets are really, really important to prove who you are, to prove that you graduated from a university, to prove that you should have access to something. So it's really important to get this right. But it's also quite messy because when you look at it, even in one vertical, like the identity space, um, different countries and regions pick different credential formats mm. and protocols. And, and then you have different use cases. And in many situations, people try to figure out similar problems, but they don't really talk to each other. And so you end up with fragmentation and you end up with a system where something happens in the digital world that would never happen in the analog world. Imagine, you know, we're here in the Venetian, there are a lot of amazing shops. Imagine you would go to one of these shops and you look for a wallet and you like the fabric and the leather and the touch and the color and, and you're about to buy that wallet. And, you know, I tell you, oh, there's one thing you should probably know. Uh, this will just work for your driver's license. Mm. And it may even work only in one country for your driver's license. Mm -hmm. You say, what kind of wallet is that? That's ridiculous. That's not a wallet. You know, you are very used to be able to put anything in a wallet. And that's just not something that is happening in the digital space. No. I was in China and I was not even able to order food in a restaurant because I lacked the app. So 
if we don't want to take a step backwards, you know, as a father, as a mother, if we don't want to take a step backwards and we don't want to lose something we take for granted, we owe it to future generations to figure this out. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. So you are a serial entrepreneur. Um, what is it about um, starting businesses, growing businesses that, uh, that motivate you and what parts do you enjoy the most? It's an interesting question. I think, you know, the skills and the, uh, the threats at the start of something are very different. So if you, if you look at a plane, right, it's a, it's a very different thing to take off with a plane rather than to cruise at 35,000 feet. Mm. And I think what's interesting at the very beginning of something is that the, the amplitudes are greater. The highs are a little higher, mm. the lows are a little lower. Uh, you are oscillating between uh, you know, the end of the company and maybe a great triumph. And I think that's truly exciting. Mm-hmm. And I also yeah. believe that there is, a, you know, there is a kind of energy. I mean, you're co-founders of your company, mm-hmm. right? There is yeah. something that, I don't know how it feels to you, but to me, it almost feels like family. Yeah. You, know, you are starting something together. Yeah. You are, you really don't want to start a company with someone you can't trust. Yeah. 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 And a friend of mine told me that, uh, you know, the way she does it is she pictures herself standing in front of a cliff, holding hands with a potential future business partner, mm-hmm. closing her eyes. Do you feel comfortable standing at that? <laughs> I love that. that cliff. Yeah. And so, to me, you know, of course, it's it's a different world, but it's a little like starting a family. It yeah. is really, you know, embarking on something together. And, and that's just beautiful. I would just add to that as well. That's a really lovely metaphor. It is like starting a family, isn't it? Because you start off with the spouse and then you start off with the children. You have to feed the children. You have to clothe the children. You, you know, you look after them. You grow up and, you you know, you, you grow together. And that really is beautiful. And I, I, I think of it very much as a family as well. Yeah. And the amplifying piece, I definitely agree with. I know so many people, you know, talk about startups being like roller coasters, but I really think it is exactly that mm-hmm. because when something great happens, it feels even better. Uh, but when the challenges come, it can feel more challenging than maybe you've experienced in a corporate in a corporate setting. So can definitely, definitely relate with that. It's a shame that there is no video camera and your audience cannot see how the two of you look at each other when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, it's true. But, but, but just again, just building on uh, what you said about trust as well, you have to have absolute, mm-hmm. absolute trust. And I love, again, the analogy of standing on the cliff face. Who would you rather be holding hands with to know whether, you know, you take the step forward, backwards or sideways um, to not go over or if you choose to go over of course but but trust is the ground you know it's the foundational of, of any relationship and it, it leads quite nicely to our next question actually um so looking at the open wallet foundation what would you say makes for a gold star partnership or a brilliant deal well i think for anything whether it's open wallet or something else it's important to understand what you have in common mm. and where you differ. I think it's very rare to have everything in common. And we mm. were talking about you know, families and relationships. I think even in relationships, even when you fall in love, even when you know, someone is the love of your life, you're not going to see eye to eye on everything. You're not going to be compatible in every way. And you know, that is, of course, even more true when you talk about partnerships between complex entities like companies, because there is a lot of conflict 
even within large companies, or mm. maybe not conflict, but at least you know different points of view. So, I think the key to any partnership is to understand what we have in common and what sets us apart, and to create a partnership around what we have in common, mm. surviving what puts us apart. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's always healthy to be very transparent about you know who you are and what you want out of something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think part of being a grown-up, an adult, actually is to be able to live with the fact that you don't need to be in this Hollywood kind of model, you know, where oh. you have the heroes and the, mm -hmm. you, then you have the antagonists and one side is the light side of the force and then the dark side of the force is only bad. And the truth, I think, in most cases is much, much more complicated. And, you know, when it comes to open wallets specifically, we believe that there is enormous consensus around this idea that it would benefit businesses, governments, and at the end of the day, you know, all of us as users mm -hmm. to have interoperable wallets that are secure and that preserve privacy and that really work seamlessly together. And the hope is, if this is a Venn diagram of interest, that this is actually something that so many folks have in common that we can create the secure space for those people to come together and build code together. And as they build code together, they're building hopefully something else together, which is trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's basically the idea of the Open Wallet Foundation. Thank you. So you're creating the ultimate partnerships, really. You like are. You're, giving, you're enabling the environment for mm. these businesses to, to, to partner together, to work on something, as you say, for the greater good. I, you know, I always loved open source. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really owe it to uh, people like Jeremy Miller, who first introduced me to this idea, and, uh, or you know, Brian Billendorf, whom I had the pleasure of meeting early on. And when I learned from them the idea behind open source, I thought this this sounds too good to be true. Mm -hmm. I mean, this sounds almost like it's not part of the world we live in, right? You have very large, very competitive companies coming together and saying, let's work together on software that anyone can use for free. And, you know, in Open Wallet, anyone can use software for free, anyone can contribute software for free. It's really a meritocracy. And I think being able to create a safe space within a competitive environment is beautiful. So I love competition. Yeah. I, I think most people that know me would say I'm somewhat competitive. And I think competition is not just good for individuals. Competition is good for us as a species, Absolutely. right? I mean, this is how we lifted us out of uh, the caves and, and... Absolutely. But to have a safe space where we can say, yes, we're going to compete, but there are a couple of areas where we really should come together and agree on principles and things we want to do together, I think is incredibly exciting. And how do you, so you're, you're creating, as Jen described, what we, you know, we would consider to be the ultimate partnership, because for us, partnerships have to start on trust, because unless you, you know, as we've all talked about, unless you have that foundation of trust, then you really can't really move you can't really grow much further than that you, you can do certain things but you can't really grow a beautiful partnership how what practically how are you doing that with the open wallet foundation how are you bringing in new partners and creating this beautiful um tapestry of partnerships how are you going about doing it i think our, our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about that 
So I think there are two questions really. The first one we already discussed, which is, you know, do we share, do we have something in common? Mm. Uh, or do the two of you have something in common? The second, I think, is orchestrating really the sequence and to understand, you know, if the dominoes are going to fall, in what order are they going to fall? So some you know, a proposition might be relevant for you, but you're a very large company and you just say, well, yeah, hypothetically, that would be a good thing, but I just don't trust that you can deliver what you are mm -hmm. talking about. So, you know, there is this, this old joke that I loved um, about uh, a, a uh, you know, a guy in, 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 in Jewish culture that is basically bringing um, people together in marriage and he comes to uh, the governor and says governor how are you and, and the governor says yeah I'm good but you know I'm getting old and and really my daughter is getting old and I, I don't know you know who to marry her to and, and he says well how about Shmuel and uh, the governor says Shmuel is a really nice kid but you know he comes from a really poor family I cannot mm -hmm. and he says well what if he's going to be uh, the future husband of Rothschild's uh, mm -hmm. uh, daughter. And he says, well, if he's going to be the husband of Rothschild's daughter, of course, you know, he, he should be the next government. And he goes to Rothschild and he says, how about Shmuel? And of course, you know, Shmuel, great guy, but, uh, uh, you know, who is he? He's going to be the next governor. Oh, if he's the next governor, <laughs> of course. I love that. So I think understanding the sequence is really important, but then sometimes you're really surprised. So, you know, when we set up uh, the Open Wallet Foundation, uh, none of our plans included that companies like Google or Microsoft would join six months after launch. Incredible. Um, which, you know, I wished I could say uh, that was uh, just because of my amazing uh, uh, persuasion skills. Well, I'm sure that had something to do with it. No, I think, it, honestly, I think it is good timing. Yeah. I think more and more people at the end of the day come to realize that wallets are a space where we should really work together. Mm -hmm. And and I think you know, the time is just right to do so. Because the standardization you. across it will, will benefit everybody who's producing services. And, and because if there's a standardization, it means you can you can build and grow and have new ideas that will, will allow you know that commonality, like you say, across industries, across the globe, um, which ultimately will benefit all of these businesses because it means they can produce more and, and have more traction with what they produce. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we announced yesterday at the Open Wallet panel um, strategic relationships with EMVCO and with the Fido Alliance, two amazing standardization organizations. Yep. And the funny thing is, if something works really well, you tend to forget how amazing that really is. Yeah, it becomes normal. It becomes normal. Yeah. Mm. So I said yesterday when you swipe a credit card and Yemviko, of course, told me publicly not to say swipe because we, <laughs> we tap to pay. Uh, but uh, whether you swipe or whether you tap to pay, it is amazing that you, you can use pretty much any credit card or pretty much any terminal and it's going to work. And it's so seamless that as consumers, we forget how amazing that really is. Mm. And you know the same with uh, Fido pass keys. I, I have very high hopes that Fido is going to replace uh, the password. And so I think it's phenomenal what they're doing. And hopefully together we're going to create amazing open source software on top of EMVCO and Fido standards. Amazing, thank you. And so thinking of um, kind of the partnership space and more broadly, uh, not necessarily just within uh, your organization, do you see any trends or do you see any uh, differences you think that are going to occur in the next year in terms of how businesses work together? 
Well, I'm not sure if it's a new trend, but I definitely see more and more co-opetition. So mm. this idea that you both compete and cooperate. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really you know, how we should go about things in the future. The, the world is becoming an ever more complex place. And with increased complexity, we get to a situation where you know, we realize that we are aligned some, in some areas and we're misaligned in other areas. And I think it is critically important not to take a binary approach and say, oh, you know, this is someone I don't like and therefore I'm not going to work with them. But to really understand that, again, you have some interest in common and you may also find areas where you don't have uh, interest in common. And so I'm really happy that, you know, we will have our first Chinese partner in the future, of course. And it will create, um, you know, some people will say, oh, is that a good idea? Now, I really want my kids to be in a position where they can enter China and rent a car, prove who they are, show a digital driver's license, and do that in a completely digital world. So I believe it is really critically important to work together with people, even if we don't agree with everything that is happening, to maintain commonality and to maintain an open channel to be able to continue to visit each other, to talk to each other, and not to allow us to enter a world where we have you know, more and more forces that drive us apart to the point where we lose the technical foundation to be able to communicate or the technical foundation to be able to visit each other. Thank you. Yeah. Daniel, that's a wonderful piece to end on. Thank you. Thank you for being a wonderful guest. Thank you for joining us on Game Set Matchup here live from Money 2020. Um, know you're flying back um, later this afternoon, so have a wonderful flight and thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you very much again for having me. joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.